Welcome to Is This Real Life? A Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives and the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. I hope you had a wonderful week. For those of you in the U.S., majority of it has been excruciatingly hot. I am looking forward to a cool down in the coming days because it has been unbearable. (laughs) Um, Another thing that has been pretty unbearable was trying to get tickets for BravoCon, but alas, I succeeded. I will be there. I have a general admissions pass for two days and a VIP pass for one day, and I got a couple Bravopalooza tickets. So like, I'm all good. I'm so, so, so excited, but I really wish they made the process a little easier. My God, it was just so stressful going on and refreshing and refreshing and trying and having promo codes, and it was a mess. Now I I understand how the Swifties felt. But if you are planning on going to BravoCon, you got tickets, definitely let me know. I would love to meet up with all of you in November. I am so, so looking forward to it. I just, I need to experience BravoCon, you know? I've just heard so many amazing stories, and it's so fun to meet up with all the content creators. And speaking of content creators, I have Kiki Monique, aka At the Talk of Shame, on the podcast this week. We dive into so many of the hot topics and gossip that are circulating in the Bravo sphere. And of course, we talk about the new Roni reboot, Real Housewives of Atlanta, and Real Housewives of Orange County. Now, I was stealing with a sick dog most of this week, so I don't have a whole lot of added commentary other than to say I am really enjoying the shows that are on right now. Atlanta feels like it's actually coming into its own. You know, the first part of the season I wasn't that into, but I am very, very invested in Drew Sedora's story, and I am so interested to see how it all plays out. And I'm sure many of you saw that um, the ladies filmed the reunion this past week. And so that sounds really interesting. I did like the baby blue dresses. Um, I don't know how everyone else felt about them, but the color I really enjoyed. And we'll see how the reunion is. You know, I feel like no one's bringing it the way Drew is this season. And I'm hoping for a little bit of a cast shakeup, maybe some more people added in, uh, maybe bring Portia back. But guys, I feel like Drew is such a star. I also think Jen with two N's on the OC is a star as well. I am impressed with how she's handling herself. She does look very shocked by how Tamara is treating her. And, you know, I bet she's going to come guns blazing, at least in her style, for the reunion. And I hope she sticks around because she's an interesting person. I find her just interesting. You know, she's not like a lot of the other housewives. She doesn't react so quickly. She wants to believe the best in people and... um. I think that's a good quality. Anyways, I am so excited for you all to hear my chat with Kiki. We just had such a nice time talking. She is one of the content creators I really look up to. I love all the content she puts out. She is so skillful and tells such great stories about um, going to the Roni Reboot premiere in New York City. And we talk a bit about what it's like to be a Bravo influencer, how the network treats the influencers, and a lot of kind of the details behind that. So I think you guys will all find it very interesting. As always, if you enjoy the podcast, go ahead, give it a five-star rating and leave a kind review. I think I just hit 400 reviews on Apple Podcasts, which is what I was going for. So thank you all so much for rating and reviewing. If you have any constructive criticism, I really am open to it. Um, And I'm open to disagreements. I think it's okay for us to have different views on things. So um, feel free to reach out to me best on Instagram. But I think I received I get DMs on Twitter also, um, both at Mandy Slutsker. 
And we'll take a quick break and then back with Kiki Monique. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. I am here with someone that you all know, Kiki Monique, aka at the talk of shame. She's a content creator who focuses on all things pop culture, TV, Bravo, celebrities and trials, sharing the news you need and the news you're nosy about. And this lady is worldwide. She's all over social media, including her very popular Instagram, TikTok and YouTube page. How are you doing today? Uh, honestly, I'm a little hungover. You can see I'm a little sweaty, but it's all good. I'm, put, I'm pulling it together. <laughs> I love your nail color. Oh, oh thank you. Next. Um, so I have. I was telling you that I wanted to start out with asking you some questions about being an influencer and especially a Bravo influencer. So, you know, you've had quite a career in the media space. Kind of, could you share with us how you got into this sort of influencing realm, first of all. And then I have more questions about the Bravo piece of it. (laughs) It's like, I feel like I'm like the accidental influencer. I mean, everyone obviously during lockdown was on TikTok, right? So it was like, okay, everyone else is doing TikTok. Why not? And at the time, you know, people were doing dances and stuff. And I was like, look, all I know how to do is gossip. So I literally just started talking about, you know, Bravo and pop culture. And not many people at the time were doing it. If you go on TikTok now, it is like every account is talking about this. But back, you know, in 2020, it was only a few of us. So, you know, there were a few accounts I got really close with really quickly. And it just kind of like blew up really fast. And then I think it really took off when... You know, I started, you know, diving back into old shows on Bravo that I used to love that I remember being really problematic. And I was like, God, I was like, I remember that. Nobody ever talked about it. And I went into this deep dive on Southern Charm and it ended up getting picked up by Variety and all these other publications. And so from there, it was like I kind of became known as like, yeah, the person who like dives into stuff and like uncovers things. Oh, I love that. I do remember. So I watched Southern Charm maybe a couple years later than everyone else. And so I started from season one. And I'll never forget like two specific things. One was Thomas Ravenel having a conversation with his dad and his dad not wanting to use money that had Abraham Lincoln on it, which was awful. And then them talking about the plantation that the Ravenels Mm -hmm. had and going there and not, I don't know, for... I'm also like from the North too. Yeah. um, And Jewish. So it's like a whole other thing. (laughs) But this idea of going to a plantation and not acknowledging what used to happen there. I get that people from the South, like everything is called a plantation and they're, it's normalized, but it felt so weird. And I think was this when like Catherine was like, Oh, that's the slave graveyard. Yeah. Okay. I remember this. Yeah. Cause it was like, (laughs) that was the first episode I went to look for was the Abraham Lincoln one. And it was missing. And I was like, wait, I know that I saw this episode and then I found it on YouTube. And then I went and found, there were like four other episodes that were pulled. And so that was what Bravo had an answer for. And they were said, yes, we pulled, you know, four or five episodes. And then they ended up re loading them but the one that they didn't was the one where Catherine was literally walking through a slave cemetery that is on her plantation property and then just like having a drink with her friend in the cemetery like you know just like on dead slave bodies and I was like so they cut that part out having a drink in any cemetery feels slightly inappropriate unless you're like hey mom (laughs) this one's for you you know (laughs) celebrating you're going to like have a cheers like yeah give you know but yeah just like over dead bodies, just like having a garden tea party. It's not. <laughs> oh, my God. So you recently were at the new Roni premiere and got a little picture with Andy. How does that kind of thing work? Like, how do you get invited to those things? How do you how does the money work? Like, do they actually fly you out? No, that's the funniest thing ever is that like, you know, so many people assume that 
um, we're getting paid for a lot of these things. And that's just not the truth. Like, I've never felt more like this is why I actually like love talking about like the SAG strike and the WGA strike, because it's like I don't think people realize people think like, oh, you have over 100,000 followers. You must be making a ton of money. No, that's not. Those two things don't go hand in hand. And, you know, in Bravo world, because so many people love Bravo, there's going to be accounts all the time that are always talking about it. And I think they know they have that little cachet. And so it is sort of like kind of working your way. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know who I was supposed to talk to. It just was like a matter of like stumbling into people. And eventually you end up on a list, you know, like you don't one day you get an email and you're like, you've been invited. And then like you continue to get the invites and, you know, and eventually you figure out who the people are who work in certain places that get, you know, that might get you the invite and you might get invited to some things and not all the things, you know, maybe they want someone who has a bigger TikTok following versus an Instagram follow. You know, you never really know, but it's really just, you know, they're always paying attention to accounts and, and then they know um, which ones that they just want to talk about. So we'll get invited to things. And, you know, maybe some people are getting paid. <laughs> I don't think so. Just, if I really don't think so. Yeah. I think they know that not only are you a content creator, but you're a fan. And yeah. so, like, especially the new Roni, that's so exciting, a premiere. Like, sure, yeah, you look at those airline miles, you see what you can scrape together, you see, you know, if you got friends in New York, you crash exactly. with them. Like, you make it happen, but they know that you'll make it happen. And I was asked by someone this week, like, do content creators get invited to BravoCon? Do they get free tickets? And I was like, well, I think some end up hosting panels but I don't know if that comes along with entry you know so I think a lot of them don't I will say I was lucky enough to be invited this year and like I'm so grateful so it's like those things I'm so grateful for because I was going to go to Vegas regardless but I was just going to hang out in Vegas and just go to parties <laughs> right? Um, if I, you know, because again, like, you know, splurging on, you know, that amount of money on a ticket is just like, you know, not something that was in my budget necessarily this year. So I am grateful for those, you know, times when like, you know, I get thrown a bone here and there for those sorts of things. And it's, um, you know, cause again, I'm, I'm going to create the content regardless. So it's nice to at least get like some perks out of doing it. <laughs> Totally. That's so exciting because this year getting BravoCon tickets has proved much more difficult than years past. I tried to get them the first year and that was when there was only like 3,000 people, something like that. So I didn't get it. I was really disappointed. And then the other two times I had weddings and they were very close friends, couldn't miss. So I announced at last year's wedding that no one better get married. (laughs) (laughs) no one better have a bar mitzvah like I am going regardless of what city it is in and I have saved money since 2019 for this amazing and so I've got like a pot of cash right I am ready to and those three-day VIP tickets just came and went and I was like no no. but it's okay I got VIP for the first day, and I have okay. general admission for the rest. Okay. And I got some Bravo Palooza tickets yesterday. Like oh, they amazing. dropped a couple new ones. So I'm like, okay, I'm set. A friend I'm going with is set. Our hotel is set. Our flights are set. And for me, I was just going to go anyhow and yeah. figure it out. But I want to be in the venue because I haven't done it. Yeah, I haven't done it either. You know, like I didn't oh, get to go. Okay. No, because um, I didn't get to go to New York. Because literally, they had BravaCon like a month after I moved to LA. Like I, like I literally oh. lived in New York, and then I moved to <laughs> LA, and then they have it in New York. And I was like, I just spent all my money moving across the country. I can't fly back there to go to Bravo. So I was like, it's just right. not happening. Um, so didn't go. Um, or maybe I'd been in LA for a while, but still, I was still getting on my feet. But. Um, So I'm excited about this year and I love Vegas. I like, I love going to Vegas and obviously from LA, it's like a quick drive. So yeah, it was like, I was, I'm going to go regardless. Yeah, no, I'll fly across the country. I'll fly anywhere. (laughs) If they had it in Alaska, I'd go there. Hawaii, I was like, you can overseas. I've got my passport. I am ready. Like global entry. (laughs) Like I'm set. Um, So 
I was just looking at Twitter this morning to see if there was anything I had missed of hot topics before talking to you. And it appears that Lisa Rinna is asking any Bravo celebrity that is a member of these unions that are on strike to refuse to go to BravoCon. First of all, let's hope not everyone's on strike by November. Can we like acknowledge that while she may be able to handle a strike, most working actors and writers aren't able to go without income like this? So, yeah. Okay. But what do you think of like her chiming in with that? And she's talking about, you know, Bethany's union idea. <laughs> like, I look, think it's funny. I love the concept. Look, I'm always pro-union and I love the concept of anyone banding together. The problem with reality TV is like you can throw a stone and hit someone who wants to be on TV. Yeah. You know, say, again, it goes like it's like the Bravo content creators. You could say pay me and they're like, no, we'll just find another person who will do it for free. For free, yeah. Um, and so that's how reality TV is, unfortunately. People just want any way to get in the business. And so it's going to be really hard to organize. So it's like while I get the concept, you know, and I will say I think that there is – um, you know, because I definitely saw like, you know, uh, some of the housewives promoting some movies and I was like, oh, that feels like scab behavior because, you know, even if you aren't in the, you know, in SAG, you know, you they're using influencers and content creators right now to push their movies. And so um, it's interesting because I was obviously like, you know, don't do that. Don't do that. But then I saw in the comment section. It was interesting because they were like, OK. Me as not a non, you know, a non-SAG person who maybe wants to get in SAG one day, I want to abide by the rules. But I will say that me turning down work right now, the difference is, is like, I can't apply to your fund that the actors can apply to in order to cover bills yep. for work I'm not taking. And I'm doing this in solidarity with you. So like... While I want to support you, I just need to understand, like, is this a two-way relationship? Right. Or are you just telling me, don't do this, and then, you know, but also you lose all the benefits. That's where it gets a little tricky. It does. And I do appreciate Bethany's ideas, but I don't know that she is the best spokeswoman. Because while yeah. she is, you know, such a great negotiator, she has her own experience exploiting people. <laughs> Well, yeah. (laughs) And it's like, if you're going to do it, I guess, put your money where your mouth is. I mean, The Rock, you know, just spent, you know, he gave seven figures. We don't know how much money he gave to the fund, but he gave seven figures we learned. So it's like he understands that he can be on strike, but like it doesn't affect him in the same way. So Bethany, like, yes, if you want these rally stars, well, then create a fund that they can live off of while they're not taking this work. Exactly. And then maybe it'll be easier to get behind. Another big thing that happened this week was Nini finally sat down for an interview with Carlos King. I couldn't make it through the whole interview. I just, there's a lot of like shouting back and forth. And okay. It was a lot. I, Carlos kind of irks me. Okay. <laughs> I feel like bad saying that, but he's always, it's not his mannerisms that he's always talking about himself in a way that's just like, I live in DC with a bunch, a bunch of egomaniacs. Like I can't handle one yeah. more, like run yeah. for Congress, buddy. Like <laughs> you've been good company, <laughs> but it was really interesting. Some of the things that were said, what's your take on kind of some of the takeaways from Nini? Look, I, I feel so bad for Nini and it's like, Part of me wanted to just like wring her neck when she was going through all this because I was like, you were housewives. You could have demanded any sort of salary. And I felt like you just sort of threw it away. And I don't know. It just like you just felt you burned that bridge when you didn't need to. But I also understand that maybe she did feel like in a way that people were taking advantage of her or weren't supporting her. So I also see I see both sides of it. So I wanted to hear, you know, her thoughts because I remember when she had, you know, filed the lawsuit, she went on a live for like an hour and it was like she was so confused about like. I don't even think she knew what she was doing at that time. And so I feel like now that she's gone, it's been, you know, over a year or so. And she's had time to kind of collect her thoughts. It's, you know, good to hear from her. I think her ego is in check, but also she very much also still it's also up here, too, which, you know, rightfully so. I mean, she's like the face of Real Housewives of Atlanta, no matter, you know, 
who they were, who they put on that cast, you know, will always associate it with Nini. So it was good to hear. And also she just been through so much trauma. I mean, Greg and then, you know, both of her sons, you know, between medical issues and then, you know, addiction. It's like you just you still want to see her on your screen because she does put it all out there. She never hides anything. I would want to see what's going on. I mean, the addiction story is one of the most relatable stories mm-hmm. um, in this country. It is so common. And, you know, I think people thought maybe he, he was dealing fentanyl. But if you look at the charge, it's for possession. And they would always mm-hmm. say possession with intent to distribute if it was. And also a lot of dealers are like addicted themselves. So, yeah. But that I would really want to see. What I didn't like about the interview is that she seems to be still a little bit like people are out to get me, like people are not on my side, like that whole thing when no one's talking about it. And Cynthia in particular, like, oh, Cynthia tried to get me fired. She worked with production. Like that seems really far fetched and it's like she's creating this in her head. And I feel like so much of this is in her head. That's the thing, too, because you know that a lot of it is chatter, right? Like there she probably does have conversations, you know, through a third party like, oh, so and so told me this and this. And like, it's always telephone. So what the truth is, you know, do I think that housewives have conversations with producers um, about other housewives? Absolutely. But Do I think Cynthia was trying to get her kicked off the show? It just, yeah, it it seems a bit far-fetched. And, you know, they had enough of a relationship where it just seems like that's something they should have talked out. Right. And Cynthia was asked about it on Two Teas in a Pod, which I listened to because I wanted to hear what Cynthia said. And she didn't realize that Nini had said all those things. And she was just like, why would she say that? Like, if I... Like, they kicked me off the show. Like, I clearly have no power. And why would I, you know, why would I want her off the show? She's great for the show, you know? And she should just, like, focus on what's going on in her own life rather than... You know, it's it's hard because like when you like when you're when you still hold like a chip on your shoulder because, you you know, she brought up that Portia was going to get, you know, kicked off after season one. And Carlos was very much and I can confirm that. And, you know, they were definitely throwing that out there because it's like obviously Portia has still has a very solid housewife's career. And, you know, Nini's like, I just want to let you know that, like, you should be thanking me for it. And it's always a little hard because you're kind of like, yeah, I want to thank you for it. But also, like, at some point. How much? How many thank yous do I have to give you? Right. No, I'm totally, totally with you on that. Um, a really sad thing that came up this week. I don't even know if we want to touch on it, but this three-year-old named Ariana Rice, who Quad from Married to Medicine helped raise since she was young, drowned in Quad's pool this past week. Yeah, I heard about that, and I was like, I didn't even. I was like, I didn't even know if I wanted to get into the details because it's like, it's just so traumatic. And I'm like, I don't even know if I want to know if Quad was there. Like, I I was like, the details just see, I know she's got to be just broken up. I did look at the pool, the picture of it. And it is Mm. kind of like, it's not a square shape, right? It's not like a simple, easy shape. But just a note to all the parents out there or anyone that has young children nearby, no matter how old they are you keep a fence around your pool at all times. Yeah. Like there's a reason yeah. that there is guidance around that, but it's just heartbreaking. People always think like, Oh, I'll watch them. And then that's okay. Yeah. And it's just better safe than sorry. Drowning is like a huge leading cause of death of kids. It is. You hear about it. Like it's more common. than Celebrities you would think. like, like yes. every year I feel like we hear a celebrity in the news and you would think that they would have, cameras and security and all of the things that you know anyone would have and still oh, that breaks my heart it breaks my heart yeah. okay um and then finally kyle gave this like very long-winded explanation for why she wasn't wearing her wedding ring in this picture i'm wondering what your take is on the separation and not divorce but i don't know it's very odd though i can't quite follow well, I mean, I love that everyone's saying basically like separated but not divorce is the new unconscious or conscious uncoupling, you know, because it's like, you know, and I get it because divorce <laughs> is not cheap. It's not, you know, it's not a quick thing. And so 
Um, it's funny. I also, are you just as stunned by like how many like confessions are coming out of these Amazon lives? Like people just go on Amazon lives and start telling all the Bravo business. Yeah, like, Lala her did say something this week, but I don't remember what she said. I think she was talking about like, you know, like filming and people, you know, you know, being friendly being, with Sandoval and, you know, and going into others it. getting mad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, her long-winded explanation of basically like, I work out, I lift weights, and I can't have my ring on because it will get bent. And then I had to run out and take Portia to school and get cupcakes for her teacher. And that's why I didn't put This <laughs> is insane. Like at this point, you know, and what's hard is because if you're going through a really tough time in your life and you want some privacy, like I can understand that. But then this is how you make your money is not having the privacy. And on top of that, you've been one of the main people telling everyone else to share their lives. And I think that's the issue. If she wasn't pushy with her co-stars to be like, be honest, just be honest, then I don't think anyone would be pushing as hard as they are for her to just be honest and tell us what the hell is going on. I know. I mean, part of me is like, I just like, almost want her to just like be in like a lesbian relationship and just right. like have this whole new life because I'm just like, it just, I don't know. Sounds like a new, new journey and path. But if like, that's not the case, then we'll just, I guess, shut our mouths. Or if it is the case and you just want to hold on to it for the cameras, I don't know. I mean, I don't even know what to believe, but you are a public figure and you and both your husband have two shows now that are basically featuring your entire family. So it's impossible to not talk about it. Sorry, Kyle. I know. I know. And she's just caught everywhere with this Morgan woman. And, you know, I'm not one to speculate on people's sexuality. So I haven't been talking about it too much. But, you know, people are going to ask questions if you're constantly with the same person over and over and over when you're not with Dorit over and over and over or some your sisters over and over, you know, it's you're yeah. constantly photographed and, you know, this person's mother and and they're very young. You know, yeah. that's my thing. I'm like, she's young. She's like your kid's age. That's a little yeah. creepy to me. Like and if Mauricio you know, started dating a 28 year old or spending a lot of time with and was photographed with a 28-year-old and met the 28-year-old's mom and all this other stuff, I think we would all have a lot to say. For sure. For <laughs> sure. I think we're giving her a lot of grace because she's a woman with, you know, yeah, exactly. We want her to win. We want her to be happy. You know, I yeah. think most of us. Okay. Want to dive into this week's Roni. I am right. so into this new Roni. They do a Hamptons visit, which is just such quintessential housewives. And okay, everyone overpacks. But do you feel like they were being performative about it? I was I was literally getting viscerally angry at Psy every time another bag came out because it's like, first of all, I felt bad for the driver. He didn't even have clear vision out of his back because it was like there were so many bags just covering from and that's just dangerous. Pretty sure that's like a moving violation in New York. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they How were pulled is that? over. It yeah, <laughs> it's not. And so it was making me angry. And I was like. I don't, there's just no, I don't care what kind of content creator. I don't care if you are a fashion influencer, the biggest fashion influencer. There's just no need for all those bags. And you have three other people in the car and what? You all now have to sit in one row because you literally have taken the back, back row for more. I was, I was getting angry at the, and I do think it's a, it's a way to, yeah, show like the cameras like, yeah, see how I'm just like such a fashionista. And (laughs) And then Jessel getting called out by Jenna Lyons for wearing two different brand names. Even I know not to do that. <laughs> I'm definitely I mean, not a brand whore. <laughs> I would I would just like be so ashamed like if Jenna Lyons called me out. Yes. Okay. And if you were having your friends over for like a three-day weekend and they arrived around 3 or 4 p.m. and you had like a 7 p.m. dinner planned, would you have more than snacks ready when they came? I like I would have had more than caviar. Now, I love the caviar <laughs> spread. And like, I think that like having so many different caviars, but I probably also would have had cheese. But I understand why the cheese thing like wouldn't had it. But like, I would have just had like, just like maybe one more substantial thing other than caviar, like a crudite, like something yeah, like just like a veggie platter, going. you yeah. know, just 
That was but, like, so that funny, been though. It. Yeah, exactly. But that's all you need. Because, yeah, but at that point of the day, like, you're having dinner at 7. That is a perfect time for just, like, a basic platter snack. And then, yeah, everyone goes out hungry. Like, definitely don't need to go, go get sandwiches and... I thought it was so odd. I'm like, Uba, if you know that you need to eat all the time because you have fast metabolism, then like pack snacks. Yeah. Just don't, you know, you know how long it takes to get the Hamptons? Come on now. Like (laughs) you show up without having had breakfast, lunch. Is that not enough for you? Do you need more? Like you need your five bananas? (laughs) I know. And like, if you're that picky, I mean, look, I know you might not want to pull into a drive through, but if you really are that hungry, then grab some French fries, girl. There's places. It it just, (laughs) just, they were so, they complained so much. I could not get over Jessel complaining about the lingerie. And first of all, it was so obvious that Jenna had gotten it from a friend who reps a brand. So of course the sizes aren't going to be perfect, but she tried to match them with, not just people's sizes, but like what they post on their Instagram and their sort of aesthetic. And I don't know if it's a gift and you don't like it. You just shut your damn mouth. Well, that's the thing. It's like that is the first thing we kind of learn as children. Our parents are just like, hey, your aunt got you this gift, you know, like smiling. And you're just like, say nice. And then, yeah, it gets regifted or but like. You never sit there and complain and stomp around in front of the person like, oh, my God, like that is just like bad manners 101. Jessel had a lot to unveil this episode (laughs) that she hasn't had sex. It sounded like she hadn't had sex since she got pregnant. Yeah. Which was via IVF. I understand couples that do IVF and have fertility issues like before they start down the road of that like it becomes sort of like okay I'm you know ovulating now and it's like not fun it's stressful you keep getting negative pregnancy tests like I get it it sucks and then you start to associate sex with like stress but yeah (laughs) no I mean really long time and to not address it and I already had my like I was my eyebrows were raised when she was saying how like when they were friends, she like didn't even know, realize like, he, like you know, he was attracted to her. Like it sounded like they started from such a friendship place that became a relationship. And I don't know. I know they say like, oh, your best friend will be, you know, your best lover. But I'm like, sometimes when it starts out like that, I'm like, oh, I don't know if this is a lasting relationship or like, a oh, I need to get with someone and have kids because like this is the plan. Yeah, I don't I will look not that I like to bet on people's demise of a relationship, but I just don't feel like that one's a long lasting one. It just doesn't seem solid in so many ways. Just not talking about the problem. Like, do you talk to him about this? Do you? you And honestly, like the one thing we've learned from housewives typically is they're coming on to find something new because they want to get out of this relationship, mm, right? And so right. they usually end up, if they're already in a bad place, in two years, they're going to end up saying that they've separated because, you know, sometimes the man does it, like, in the in the case of, like, you know, Kelsey Grammer, he was pushing Camille, we think, yes. because he's like, shit, I need her to get some income <laughs> because right. I'm about to leave her because I'm cheating on her. Yeah. But like in Jessel's case, it might just be like she she just knows she needs a new path. Oh, God. What a mess. What a mess. I I do think that people who start off at Friends tend to have really strong relationships. But that's usually because they have a way that they know how to communicate like that. My brother married his best friend and they got together pretty young, like at 23. So they were best friends in high school and college. And then it was like, oh, Wow, you. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, and it definitely, but I've it, seen that for sure. But it just feels like she doesn't have great communication with anyone in her life, like how she won't yeah. tell her mom certain things. And, you know, she's like, oh, and Indian culture, it's, I understand. But if you, you're going to talk to the entire country via a TV show and not talk to your mom, like that yeah. seems. That seems like a you issue. <laughs> it does. And it also feels like she has something that she wants to say. And then she, I think she's like, if I go on national TV, maybe this is like how I'll say it. We, I don't know what it is she's going to say or when she's going to say it, but I feel like there will be a reveal. Um, maybe season two. 
Ooh, ooh, I like this prediction. And then Gemma Lyons is really opening up. And I feel, I mean, this, wonder what you think. I feel like she's trying to open up extra because she's not showing her girlfriend. So she's trying to be like, hey, this is like everything about me except that one piece. Which is totally fair. And like, I I would have trauma too if I was outed by, you know, the New York Post before I even told anyone. And look, she... I don't know how long she's been in this relationship, but it's like she's 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 watched Housewives long enough to know that like good things don't necessarily come out of like relationships being revealed. People start digging into their past and then all of a sudden, you know, it's like they're looking. I get it. So I'm glad she is being yeah open about every single thing else, because otherwise we'd be like, uh, no, not fair, girl. I feel like she's just being really open talking about her mom and her mom being kind of cold and then diagnosed with Asperger's later in life and just, you know, everything related to like the specifics of her being outed. That was really fascinating because you always wonder how those kinds of things work, you know, Mm -hmm. or like you watch movies like she said, and you're like, you know, they're given 24 hours or 48 hours to respond. And like, is it really like that? And I can't imagine like my bosses getting a call about me, and then I have to give a comment. Yeah. Like it's just, oh, it's so it's, dirty. It's, it's the side of, like, what I do that I, like, I do struggle with a lot of times because it's, like, I get information a lot, and I, I, some of it I never tell because I'm just, like, I know, yeah, this would be go really viral, but, like, for what? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what, what am I doing other than, so it's, like... I'm a bad journalist. Sometimes. No, no, I think you're a good journalist. You're an ethical journalist because you know you have to ask yourself like, is this truly newsworthy? And who would be hurt, you know, by it? Even with photographs and showing pictures of kids or so showing pictures of mangled dead bodies after a shooting. Yeah. Part of it's like people want to see what actually happened and like the effects, and it's important to do that. But also the respect to the families of the deceased. Like, there's so many layers to things and there's mm-hmm. so much nuance and i think it's important to like i don't know bask in the nuance and like ask it yourself is. questions it is. it is it's it totally is um so yeah it's always a fine line <laughs> um anything else on roni really uh, laughing at uba she's just very quirky and <laughs> she was one of the only ones that hadn't watched the old roni so and I'm love Erin Leachy. Like I think you know, she's grounding for this show. I I do too. And for some reason, I just like didn't have like high expectations. I don't know why, because it's just like I don't know. Like she just wasn't the one that was like always like when we were talking about Roni. I just like wasn't thinking about her, but like she has been a force, and I'm like, oh, I like her. Who knew? And it sounds like her and Sai are really close now. And Sai and Bryn are not so close. So That's that'll be interesting like. to like see how. That- <laughs> <laughs> it will be interesting to see. But, you know, obviously, I mean, Bryn owns it. She knows exactly like what she's supposed to do. And she's doing all of those things. So she is anything from the premiere that you want to share. Um, You know, it was funny because at some point um, I was talking with um, Dave Quinn uh-huh. and he was like, He's like, I just want you to look around real quick. He's like, do you notice how none of the housewives are talking to one another? And I was like, he's like, I'm just saying. So it's like interesting that they weren't really kind of mingling like they were friends. So I did think that that was kind of interesting. Oh, that's that is really interesting. Do you think they felt like they had to talk to news outlets I mean, they were talking to them, too, but you would also think that, like, you know, every once in a while, like, they, they would just, like, you know, be friendly with each other. They did just film a whole season together, but they definitely, like, you know, I saw, like, Sai, she'd be talking to Andy, and, you know, then, like, Bran would be talking to Andy. Like, you know, they each were kind of separately talking to Andy. I saw Aaron sort of just, like, floating through the crowd. I never even was able... Jenna was so surrounded by people. People were so obsessed with talking to Jenna. I couldn't even... I didn't even try to get close. I was like, I did want to meet her, but I was like, I'm not going to fight through the crowd. I love how you were able to meet Andy Cohn at this event and not Jenna Lyons. (laughs) I know. 
<laughs> I know. I like I beeline towards him too because I was like, screw it. I was like, this is it. He was like right behind me, and I just like went up and I was like, hi, I'm Kiki Monique. Um, uh, I hosted on your uh channel for a week. Um, um, he goes, yeah, no, we've met, right? And I go, no, not. I've done some TikToks about you. And he goes, oh, were they bad? And I go, they're fine. They're fine. Yeah, let's just take a picture. <laughs> <laughs> and then I we took to, went around to take a picture. And then I don't know why, like my hand, I just, it was on his ass. And like we were taking a picture. <laughs> and then I go, oh, my God. Like, I'm so sorry. I just realized my hand's on your ass. And he goes, I was going to say. And I was like, I didn't need to come over and like sexually harass you and he's like well i'm here to please and i was like oh my god what is wrong with me (laughs) that is so funny i am an andy fan and i don't think i'm an apologist but i think he's he was really nice to me when i met him like a couple times yeah you know nothing special but like i met him at like in the fall of 2016 and the year before my um apartment burned down and my mom died within two weeks of each other oh my god and that's like how i got really into bravo because like i just my brain couldn't couldn't even you had to even handle yeah so it was and and i couldn't check out watching network tv or dramas because like something would happen that reminded me of my mom or you know and it was just the only thing and i started watching watch because i also like stopped sleeping (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then I'm like watching Watch What Happens Live and all the stuff. And I would kind of like, I wasn't sad when oh, that wow. was airing. It was the only time that I wasn't like moping, kind of. Yeah. And, and did you share this story with Andy? Yeah. And I went oh, with the roommate, my roommate at the time, because we, we had no place to live. <laughs> for a while and when we were trying to find places and like rent airbnbs for long periods of time um like the only like thing that i said i needed other than like my own room was a tv that i could watch bravo on like that was that was the only requirement and so she shared that with him she's like yeah like we were looking for places and mandy was like as long as i can watch bravo (laughs) (laughs) and he like got up and gave me a hug and like it was yeah it was at like a book signing for one of his books and you know just that kind of a thing like yeah i just think he cares about the audience uh-huh. You know, and I think the audience sometimes wants more of his personal life, but he's not on a reality show. He's the face of the network. It's like wanting too much information on who's that guy who hosts everything. Oh, it's Ryan Seacrest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't remember his name. Yeah. <laughs> but like, we don't know everything about him, right? He's the host. He yeah. asks questions to everyone else. And I don't know. I feel like Andy's entitled to some privacy. For sure he is. But I'm but I'm happy that like now that he's a dad, like he's really leaned into sharing that part on his stories, at least, because that's blown up in a whole other way. And then he's able, obviously, he's written a book and all of that stuff. So like that, I think giving at least that little part of his life, it like it. Yeah, it pushes people to like, you know. You get you give us enough. I think if you're giving your kids especially, that's a huge part to give. That's too. huge. Mm-hmm. And to share like how it happened and the advocacy that he's done to make sure other families can be created is amazing. I just yeah. I'm talking about like a month ago where he was caught at Pride like canoodling. Oh god, with that was awful. I thought that was terrible. I've had a lot of listeners tell me they disagreed with me that they felt that he deserves to be outed in that way yeah because they say he preys on young black and brown men and then discards them and i'm like how is this a consensual like one night stand situation you know that i I don't agree with and i it it felt like the collective most people were on his side like at least it felt that way because i was like very much like it's pride these are grown adults he's having a good time when did we get to the point of like outing people at clubs who were like just like enjoying their lives like that's not cool um so i you know and i don't think he preys on people does he i mean have the rumors gone around that he likes you know young black men yeah but like i love you know young white men that look like chet hanks like (laughs) (laughs) you know like that doesn't make me a predator like just because i like you know a certain look a certain a lot of people have a type you know 
They do. And like, you know, it's so, okay, I'll tell you, I've never told this story, but when I first moved, (laughs) this is like really early when I was young in New York or like fresh, fresh off the boat in New York, you know, 20 something. And um, I was uh, with a bunch of gay guys and we were going to go to Fire Island because that was Mm -hmm. like, oh, everyone goes to Fire Island. And um, introduced this, this this guy who was driving us up there and he came and picked us up in this really nice uh, gold. I think it was like a Mercedes, whatever. It was like, you know, whatever. And so we get in we're, and I'm thinking like, he's like this young uh, Latin kid. Like, how does he have like this like fancy car? Oh my God, was he from Brazil? I don't know. I don't remember where he was from. Yeah. But I was asking my friend in the backseat. I was like, like, what does he do for like, how does he have money? He goes, Oh, this is um, Anderson Cooper's car. He, you know, like is with Anderson. And I was like, oh, wait, it's I'm that in guy. Anderson Cooper's. <laughs> oh, my God. That's too funny. Because Andy and, had a boyfriend who is from Brazil for a couple years that he talked okay. about in one of his books. I remember that. Yeah. So I just think that like him and Anderson, like I would love to just like, you know, see like their whole lineup. But I'm sure there's some similar, you know, like they have, I think they have types and like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I oh that's so funny that's such a like New York story you know how there's like DC <laughs> stories where you yeah. like end up at a bar and you're like seated next to like I don't know whoever or at my first um, one of my not my second apartment in DC my actual neighbor was David Axelrod like in the unit next to me. Oh, wow. Who was, uh, for those of you who don't know, he ran Obama's 2008 campaign and 2012 campaign. Um, So he is a genius and he was mainly in Chicago, but he needed a place in D.C. And it was this like nice apartment building that I got really lucky in taking over like three guys had a lease and they gave it to like three girls. And we took over the lease for not a lot of money. And it was back before the neighborhood like was cool. And it was just wild to keep running into him. And one time he was sick. And so people came to him and there was like, you know, secret service. (laughs) That's like such a DC thing. But like to have be in the car of Anderson Cooper's boyfriend. (laughs) That I love that. I would. It's like better than Anderson Cooper almost because it's like. That's what I'm saying. I was like, it's like clearly his car, but I mean, we're never going to, I am like, I'm not going to meet Anderson, but I'm like, whatever. I don't mind rolling up to Fire Island in his car. (laughs) (laughs) Especially Fire Island. That's amazing. Oh my God. I love that story. Geeky. Um, Okay. Wanted to jump to Atlanta. So I thought this was the best episode of the season so far. I don't know about you. I mean, you know what? I'll be honest. Like, I've been so, like, it's been, like, so many ups and downs. I'm trying to even remember what even happened in this last episode. So they were all in Portugal, and it starts with Drew, like, freaking out about her $1,000 lawsuit. It's very obvious that she's got other things going on, but she's, like, making it about the lawsuit, which is extremely relatable. Like, I do that all the time, where I'm, like, freaking out about one little thing, but it's really, like, something way bigger. You're right, because, like, I will say it's, like, you know, knowing what we know about, like, you know, her divorce and all of these things, like, you could see that you're just, she's, like, devolving, and it's, like, this doesn't even make sense, like, what you're upset about, because, like, all, you you drag your castmates all the time over mm-hmm. stuff like this, so, like, why are you getting sensitive about this, girl? It doesn't make any sense. Oh. Yeah, and then Kenya, for Kenya to be, like, what's a thousand sp- split eight ways? <laughs> I was like, um do you think okay i mean i felt bad for kenya but it felt like she was like trying to go to the hospital to avoid being embarrassed i felt like there was a lot of theatrics that were being put on and i was like girl just get up you do not want to go to the hospital you're gonna be there all day just like just just take just take just take the l it was an embarrassing slip i I don't know i don't know i wonder if like she hit like a nerve or something Mm. because like she seemed like she was in a lot of pain like for her I think it like she needed painkillers right yeah like who travels with those yeah and who knows how they're dispensed in Portugal my god Marlo thought like candy wasn't worldwide enough if she couldn't cut the line like (laughs) if they're (laughs) that's such an American thing to say it pisses me off so much like People who have access to universal health care, like it, you have to wait in line. It's not mm-hmm. that you get to jump the line because you have more money or more power. Yeah. It's the line is the line. Yeah. 
everybody get in line. I was like, tell them you're VIP. Like, they do not care, girl. What? Like, this is what I'm saying. Like, do you really want to be at this hospital right now? Like, are you really that? Cause this, I oh. know. I've had situations where I'm just like, I'm just going to wait till I'm back in the U.S. And then I get yelled at when they're like, you should, <laughs> you have a parasite, ma'am. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know. I like... I didn't. I haven't had to do anything like overseas before, but I once had to go. I went to New Orleans once, and the and the and I was rushing around, and I ended up going to this nail salon that I don't normally go to because I needed to get my nails done, and it was like it was the only time it was close to me, close to my office, and I went there, and I remember she was totally rough, and she nicked my finger, and I remember being like, I I just feel like this is a bad thing. And the next day I was so ill. I was like, I knew that I was like, had some sort of infection from these like dirty tools or whatever. And oh literally like, I was like, I had the chills. I like get to my hotel. No. I had the chills. I'm like, and it's, it's August in New Orleans. So it is a hundred plus yeah. degrees outside. So, but I'm like literally like freezing and like, um, but yeah, I had to go to the, I did go to the, so I finally, the next morning I went to urgent care and they were just like, you know, they had, there was an infection and whatever. And I had to take antibiotics, but I was like, oh, it's New Orleans. I'm going to keep drinking. So if these <laughs> antibiotics don't no. work, I'm going <laughs> to I was like, I'm going to stop drinking. Some you can kind of drink on. Some you can't. Like, if you okay. have it, you just vomit. Oh, no. Yeah. I had that happen once in college. <laughs> I had a UTI, and I was just like, I can, I'll just have, like, one drink. And that one yeah. drink, mm-mm. Oh my God. Never again. Not making that mistake. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Drew is quite upset with Candy that she, Candy was like, and seen. That was interesting to me that she's like. Again, she's projecting. Like she's looking for anyone to just like react to because she wants to react to Ralph. But she does, she's just but she raging can't. against exactly Everyone all the people. Else. And you always rage about the people that you, against the people you're closest with because you right. you know that they're going to be the ones to forgive you. So you yeah. just start acting out in these terrible ways. And that's all she's doing. Uh, I was a little bit shocked at the end of the episode when it's Marlo that's filming and it comes out next week that like Marlo films a lot when cameras go down. And she shares this stuff with production and it upsets the other women, especially Drew. But Drew was saying, I never kissed LaToya during that bolo party. And every other person has witnessed her making out with LaToya. And then it's sort of like a, you know, a tease into what is to come with Drew's story and potentially being connected with WNBA player um, Ty Young. So, I don't know. I mean, she's lying. She's so good at it. She's lying, and everyone saw it, and it's, like, sad. But, you know, I like, Drew's relationship reminds me of sort of, like, how Phaedra was, the reason she lied about, you know, being pregnant, because, like, she didn't want her mom to think that she was having premarital sex, even though she's a, you know, a whole big adult, Right. And I feel like Drew the same way. She's, you know, she talks about God and religion. And I think she's like, a, like, d- like doesn't want to disappoint her mom, you know, or something. And so it, if she did want to be in a relationship with a woman, I just don't think that she would ever, or if she ever made out with a woman, she wouldn't, she'd be scared to admit it. Do you think she's like lying to herself? That's a good question. That's a good question because, and when I, People I've known who have had to go through this journey, they were. They were lying to themselves. Not to say she's going through a journey, but if she was, I would, she would be lying to herself. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of these housewives do. Like, they create these stories in their head, and they repeat them to themselves so often that it becomes their truth. And they think mm-hmm. things are different than, like, how everyone else witnessed it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So not too shocked by it. Um, want to talk about OC before we get going, because <laughs> man, is this show just firing on all cylinders for me. I mean, and just starting the episode with uh, Shane and Emily waxing their noses. Oh, my God. 
I know. I mean, I've always kind of wanted to do that because I'm like, what would it be? But, but then I'm like, I think you need nose You hairs. actually do. I work in health. <laughs> like you need like that. Like also when people try and remove too much earwax or like clean out their colon, like you need what's in there for, to protect yourself yeah. from invaders. Exactly. Like viruses and stuff. Like they get caught sometimes in the nose hairs. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I was like, that was just like, yeah, it was weird to witness. But um, it's also fun to see them in like a more positive space. Because I feel like the early, like in the early seasons, it just didn't, I didn't think that that marriage was lasting. Now I actually feel like they, they, they're in it for the long haul. I feel like they're pretty solid. I feel like Emily, from my recollection, hadn't fully mourned the twins that she was pregnant with that she lost. And I think she was still struggling with the fact that like she wasn't able to have a to carry a child. Mm. And she just maybe wanted to like try again. Like she just was like fighting her body and her mind. And I don't think Shane's the most like sensitive person. And so yeah. I think there was tension because of that a little yeah. bit. And I also think he needed to like pass his bar before yes. he even oh my felt. God. <laughs> there were so many things where I felt like he, I think he felt emasculated for certain reasons, yes. but then also couldn't yeah be there as a supportive husband. Yeah, it was just they both needed to get to a better place. Um, yeah. Speaking of a better place, we got to see Taylor Armstrong's daughter Kennedy. I hadn't seen her since she was so little on Beverly I, Hills. I get like almost like disgusted when I realize that like these kids are 16. Like she's 16, but I haven't seen her since she was, I think, five. Was it? Oh my God. She turned five, I think. She turned four in one season and five in the next. And I'm like, I'm just like, how have I been watching this show this long? I don't, I actually don't like, I'm like, it doesn't make any sense. But um, it's also just so nice because obviously when we left off, like she had a very tragic end, you know, her father taking his life, like, I am so happy. She seems so well adjusted. So it like it says volumes about Taylor. I think Taylor is an incredible mom. I think being in that relationship with Russell was the worst thing for her kid. Mm -hmm. I think she thought like, oh, I need to be with this guy and we need to be together to make a family. But Um, so (laughs) they are hanging out with Jen and one of Jen's five kids. And Jen has this, like, revelation that this third person, Heather, who we've, like, heard about, but we don't know who she is. It's kind of weird that there's these, like, side characters that show up where it's like, just bring them on the show if they're such a part of the story. Yeah. And Heather was, like, best friends with Ryan and then stopped being friends with Ryan when Ryan cheated on Jen And it's just like, I'm sorry, if he's someone who has cheated for quite some time and you were friends with him that whole time, why does it bother you that he cheated again? Is it because he cheated on you with Jen? Is it that you're mad at Jen for not walking away from him? Like, either way, none of this has anything to do with you. Yeah, it just sounds like, okay, yeah, there's this guy who has like a sketchy past, but like now he is with Jen and people want to just like use it as an excuse to like tear her down. And it's kind of like they're, it's almost like they're mad that she like locked it down with this guy, but it's like, look, why does it, why does it matter to you? And Tamara is just like, I've never like, she's turning on you brought her on as a friend only to then like bring up all of her past business and try to embarrass her. It's so weird to me. So what Tamara has said recently is that she had recommended Jen for the show years ago back when before Tamara was fired and then production reached out to Jen before Tamara was hired back and she didn't like fully bring her on it wasn't like it Mm -hmm. happened at the same time and so maybe she's annoyed like oh you got on the show that was my show and I'm not on it anymore and then she got back on it last minute, right? But they announced right before filming because they know how thirsty she is and that she would clear her whole calendar to do it, <laughs> you know? And then she's like pissed at Jen for, I don't know what, but 
Well, I think because Jen's, you know, gym didn't close. She's probably, mm-hmm. been, oh, you her know, yoga like, studio. Yeah. Her yoga studio is like thriving. And like, I mean, I think that in the OC, there's everyone's frenemies. I just don't know if there's like any true, maybe Gina and Emily. <laughs> they, yeah. I mean, if I were going to pick a true friendship, you know, they're right. obviously, you know, but like <clears throat> a lot of them just like are going to be catty for any reason. And, you know, Tamra. But Tamara also knows what it means to be a housewife. And that's another thing because it's like she's like, OK, what do I have in my back of my pocket? I have this, this and this. OK, these are the things we're going to play. I mean, the funniest thread I saw was, you know, Bravo while black talking about like Tamara's a menace. Like she's, <laughs> you know, turning on her friend. She's telling, you know, Heather, she hasn't acted since the you know 1900s. And now we see, you know, at the end of this episode, you know, Shannon's about to take off her mic because she doesn't want whatever that Tamara's going to bring up on camera about her boyfriend. But Shannon's going to end up getting pissed at Heather about it, not Tamara, the one who brought it up on camera. Exactly. Why does Tamara get away with everything? I think everyone just wants to be Tamara's friend, especially now that Tamara has a very thriving, successful podcast. It's almost like everyone wants to be on Tamara's good side so they don't just get like thrashed on her show. But she'll thrash whoever whenever she wants to, regardless of what's going on. So totally, you might as totally. well just be honest with her. Totally. Uh, yeah, I don't get it. I mean, I feel like there's so many things people could like, you know, tear Tamara about, you know, t- tear apart Tamara for. But also, I don't think she cares. Like, even if they did, she would just be like, she would just go harder at you. Yeah, she's unhinged, but like not. If that makes sense. I felt like she was more unhinged when she was in a bad marriage. But then once she got with Eddie, and especially now that it's been like 10 years, it's super solid. And he's a really, and he's finally comfortable with the show and they're in a good place. She's like, okay, my home life is solid. So I'm going to go wherever I go and I'm going to like fuck everything up and I'm going to mess with everyone. But then I'm going to come home and to my sanctuary and it will be calm. Yeah. And I think that's where it does, like, in that respect, that's why I feel like it comes off, OC feels performative to me in that respect, because it's like, they know that they're clocking in to do some damage. Now, the younger, the newer cast isn't, like, aware of maybe how they're going to be the collateral damage. (laughs) Poor Jen, I do feel for her. I feel like she's sharing so much of her life. She's being pretty honest about all Mm -hmm. of it. She's not not saying things and a lot of women choose to stay after someone cheated and if Tamara thinks it's because oh she stayed because of filming then okay like you wouldn't yeah yeah (laughs) I mean please yeah um what do you think of everyone kind of going after Heather last episode like especially Gina and Emily I mean I thought that was like a weird thing but I mean I guess I sort of I don't know if I got it as much I mean it just I mean I I got why they felt that way but it was surprising to just see them kind of like you know double teaming her like and she honestly just like she didn't even really have a reaction so I thought it was kind of just like a you could have just talked about you could just went over to her house and talked about this this didn't need to be like a lunchtime like she was kind of like okay I I hear what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, she was so good about it. I yeah. I feel like Heather's actually been a good friend to Gina, and it's Gina yeah. that hasn't been a good friend to Heather. Gina's like the one who's like, oh, when we're not filming, I'm never going to call you. We're not going to hang out. And I feel like Heather is actually telling her what she doesn't want to hear, but what is true, which is you should be talking to your therapist about all this, not your boyfriend. You know, and... And I, just, I like yeah. I, I like watching Gina this season. It's interesting because, you know, she was acting like she didn't like Jen because, you know, the Jen and the whole cheating thing was triggering to her because her ex-husband was a cheater. But I was kind of like, <clears throat> it's triggering to me to actually watch Gina help her ex-husband who was charged with domestic violence. And do I understand your reasoning? Yes, you want him to be able to make money so that he can pay child support for your kids. I get it. But I don't know. There's something very triggering about how she's just being so helpful to Matt. I don't know. 
I agree. I think maybe she feels that because she went through with the felony charges and that she testified against him in court that she inflicted enough years of damage. Like, I guess who's to say how much someone should be punished. I know. Like, I'm like, okay, you know, like he seems fine. Okay. He lost all of his like certifications and has to redo them consequence of your action i don't like i yeah. don't like i don't no, know i agree with you i actually yeah. think someone should call her out for that but no one's willing to because mm-hmm. she was the victim and really at the end of the day the victim kind of gets to decide how to move forward with these things and usually they drop the charges because it's just too much and it's so re-traumatizing to try mm-hmm. and go through with it and it hurts yeah. your family yeah you know yeah so you know, so it's interesting sort of the things that she's acting like she's triggered by when, I, when I'm like, I'm pretty sure you're triggering a lot of people at home yeah, in the audience without realizing. Very it. much so. Very <clears throat> much so. Oh, my gosh. Gina's just. And I, I understand now that she's talking about how she hasn't been drinking and so she wasn't numbing her feelings. So she has all these feelings. And but isn't that what she was like going after Bronwyn for when Bronwyn was like. I'm not drinking and I have a gazillion feelings. Although I feel like Bronwyn had a lot of feelings even when she was drinking, to be fair. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know. (laughs) Anyways, Kiki, thank you so much for joining. Tell everyone where they can follow you, find you, anything you want to plug. Um, I do have some projects coming up. I can't announce them yet, but hopefully very soon. Uh, But you can find out about them on the talk of shame on Instagram and TikTok. Oh my gosh, I love it. Thank you so, so much for joining us. We'll have to have you back. And I'm so excited to meet you at BravoCon this year. Yes, it'll be so fun. Okay, talk soon.